you're listening to this week's edition of The Road. So, following the Lord, when He says He loves the whole world, He actually, if you exegete that and break it down, you know what it means? He loves the whole world. That's it. All of it. I mean, loves the whole world. Even the Arab people. Even the Muslim people. Even them Cajun people. At The Road, our vision is to raise up wholehearted disciples of Jesus Christ. For more information on The Road, visit theroad.org. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, what a joy to be here this morning with y'all. There's a lot of (laughs) y'all. We are privileged to be able to share a little bit about what the Lord has done. So thankful for so many friends and new friends uh, that we're meeting and here. And I I love how this church meshed together. Isn't that pretty good? Yeah. If you got heartburn, well, leave. I, uh, I, this is why I don't do counseling. I'll just put that right out there. So I was like, I need counseling, you know, from me, you know. Uh, I don't have the IQ to, you know, so the simplicity of it all. Is it right? Is it wrong? Well, I'm going to share a scripture this morning, and then I'm going to share about, uh, you know, some stuff God has allowed us to be part of in uh, Iraq, but the scripture is John 3, 16, and probably 17, and uh, am I speaking too fast? Because I'm Cajun. And I feel a little excited right now, so I want to make sure and bring it down in case I'm just chatterboxing up here. (laughs) Is Pastor Bobby here? Is he? There you are. Hey, man, didn't didn't you preach the outlier message? I never really heard you preach. I was back there. It was really good. I'm I'm not going to lie. Man, I was like, oh, this guy's good. <laughs> it ministered to me so much. I was like, man, thank you, Lord. Because you know what's so funny is I never even considered myself an outlier. That's an indication of my IQ right there. I just thought I was strange and peculiar and didn't fit into society and half the church. So, oh, eighth grade was the best six years of my life, man. It's good for my ego, you know, soccer ball champ, kickball. All right, I better pray. So, Lord, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. And, uh, in a world that is in such chaos and confusion and flex, 
we think is one thing is true and it's pure and it's eternal and it's your word and for that we're so grateful that you gave it to us uh, inspired and you let men write it but it was from you Lord so thank you for it I pray that you'd open our, our eyes and our heart to this little passage that's so powerful it's made it all the way to the Super Bowl in Jesus name Amen so John three sixteen. You know, this is Jesus having a conversation with a Pharisee, a religious person. When they get right down to it, this is Jesus telling him, God so loves this world that he gave his only begotten son. And if you don't know yet, it's me. That's what he was saying. And he said, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Folks, some of you don't believe you're going to die yet, but eventually we're all going to die. That's one statistic that we can't beat. And so many of us live like we're going to, that, that day's never going to arrive. And what it becomes is a waste of our time, our talents or gifts that God gives us and and treasures. We should live like we know we're going to be going to eternity. That will make your life make sense. Because if you're on this earth just trying to get and do and, and be, and it really doesn't have much eternal consequence... Man, that's like sitting on a rocking chair, rocking your life away, but you don't really go anywhere. And Jesus is telling us right here, it's this simple. That God is offering his son who, that wasn't forced, Jesus actually chose it. He chose it. He chose to give up his life on that cross for us. That we could have eternal life. And women, can I say something to y'all? Those of you who are married and uh, those of you who are single but married. You know the biggest thing that's helped me and my wife in our marriage? Because it's perfect. We have a perfect marriage. Always have. 29 years. (laughs) She's super submissive. And I'm like, woman, be quiet. (laughs) Tongue goes home. My courage is directly related and proportional to the distance I am from her. (laughs) And I'm not sure she's caring. So I know where my exit points are. And if I have to, if I have to exfil, if it gets ugly, but (laughs) okay, we do fuss every once in a while. We're fussing in Iraq. Can you imagine having marital issues in Iraq? You worried about your squabbles? We got ISIS trying to kill us, and we're like this. I looked at her, I said, woman, which that, that's not a good way to start the conversation with your wife. <laughs> Men, I'm just, that's a little pointer. 
Victor's book of marriage tips. Like, well, we were in Iraq. And you know what? I can, legally, I can get me more wives. <laughs> She's so secure in herself, she goes, hmm, I'll help you pick her out. <laughs> she had that poker face on, I was like, That's okay. I decided not to. <laughs> but you know, God is still up there on that throne. He's aware of everything that's going on. Yesterday I talked to the men about this, you know, because there's some crazy things going on, aren't there? I mean, look, y'all got to pray for me to do this because I've had a desire to do it. I'd like to make a video that just compares Let's start 50 years ago or whatever. Just what was on TV. Compare the, the growth and the trajectory of TV to where it is today. Oh, my gosh. It is absolutely the frog in the kettle where you get the little frog. You know, he's it's all good. And somebody just turns a little bit of heat on. He don't mind. He gets up on that lily pad. Feeling good, loosen up, and they keep turning it up. And before you know it, that water's boiling. And he's just like this dead. Never felt the changes. That's how our culture is. And there's a mastermind behind it, and it ain't CNN. <laughs> it ain't even Hollywood. You got to pull the veil back a little bit more. It's the person of Satan, the devil, and his demons. And if you don't have room in your theology for spiritual warfare, holy smokes, you're going to get beat up already. Uh, you know, so uh, <laughs> I mean, I remember when I was a kid, probably the hardest thing you'd ever see on TV was like, you know, Risque was uh, on Gilligan's Island. Y'all remember Marianne? I'm just, I'm just saying, a little short, little country woman. I was like, she kind of cute. <laughs> and now, what our kids are subject to, and absolutely overwhelming. Uh, when we raised our kids, because we have five children, we've been married 29 years, we have five children, four beautiful ones, one. Hey, we don't hold that against him. He's, he's older. We think we'll marry him off. But <laughs> she, that always makes you mad. So I love you, honey. I love you. He's a beautiful kid. He's just, he's just slow like his daddy. <laughs> we raised our kids to be godly. We did everything right. Every, I'm telling you, I even worked at Focus on the Family for a while with Dr. Dobson. I was laying his books around their head when they slept. I was piping in Odyssey. We did everything that you're supposed to do. And man, we had some rough road with a couple of our teenagers. At one point, we had three teenagers in our house at one time. That, that was enough to make me drink Benadryl. 
because it stopped working on them. You can only use it for a while. You know, like, <laughs> no, you got allergies here. <laughs> I got so desperate one time because the warfare was so intense. And I'm going to tell myself, this is absolutely true. <laughs> Late night TV, you know how sometimes they have ministries come on that are weird? Is that okay to say that? Some, some of you are like, don't, don't say that. That's not nice. It's true. <laughs> this side is laughing. Y'all are a little more stoic. I mean, what's going on over here? Jesus, release these people <laughs> from oppressionness. Uh, no, I was so desperate because one of my teenagers or a couple of them would just... Uh, I actually ordered miracle oil that would help your children's rebellion. I did it. It was in a packet. You didn't even have to pay money. You just just order it, and then it said, you know, they were telling, put it on their pillow while they sleep. I was putting it on their pillow. I was putting it on their food. I was putting it in their laundry. I was like, oh, Jesus, I have the faith of Everything, please do something. Didn't work a bit. It didn't work a bit. And then all of a sudden, those people started mailing me donation deals. Highlighted. Please support our ministry. Highlighted. Write the biggest check you can. I wrote them back. Y'all liars. False advertising. That stuff didn't even work. So stop. I'm not giving y'all money. That's not in my notes because I, I don't have notes. I don't, I don't teach with notes. Because if you do, then you can mess up. John three sixteen for God so loved the world. Now, you know, how, for me, <laughs> I, I believe that old timer said, you study yourself to death, pray yourself to life, and then let the Holy Spirit do what he wants when you step up. That, I, you, he's uniquely fitted me for that. John 3, 16, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him. You know that word believe? That's just not a head knowledge, but it actually, in the Greek, it speaks about clinging to, relying upon, trusting in. Clinging to, relying upon, and trusting in the person of Jesus. I had a, I'm going to show you a video here in a second of some work we were doing in Mosul, which Great place to get property right now. If y'all looking for a vacation home, we know some people. Uh, <laughs> what was I talking about, honey? I said something about, the, oh, I got a Muslim got mad at me on the social media because I said something about Jesus. And he goes, Jesus cannot save I was like, well, he saved me a bunch of times from ISIS, if that's what you're talking about. Or I don't know if you're talking about physically or trying. Yeah. He goes, I've studied much religion, and there are sinful things I need to tell you about Jesus. I was like, well, you're about to get into a big old argument. And 
sometimes there's millions of people that follow us on what we say. I just went, well, I met him 30 years ago, and we, we have a good relationship. So I want to believe him. And he ain't sinful. He loves me, loves you. I just started, I said, so thanks for allowing me to believe like I believe, and I respect the way you believe. <laughs> he deleted everything. Because <laughs> when you tell somebody you know somebody, they can't go against your conscience. They can hate this, they can hate that, but when you really feel like you, you've met somebody, you know them, you cling to them, rely upon them, trust in them, and you see over the years, it's amazing. So following the Lord, when he says he loves the whole world, he actually, if you exegete that and break it down, you know what it means? He loves the whole world. That's it. All of it. He, I mean, he loves the whole world. Even the Arab people. Even the Muslim people. Even them Cajun people. Which, we got a navy now. Just if you don't know, Cajun's got a navy. <laughs> We've taken over the channels with, you know... <laughs> Duck Dynasty, now we got us a Navy. <laughs> I used to be so prejudiced toward Arabs because there was a bombing of Marine Corps barracks. If y'all remember that many, many years ago. I actually joined the Marine Corps, so I killed Arabs. And I had this mentality of, you know, just bomb them all. And I bet the other day I actually met someone who told me that. He goes, I was driving across the U.S. My wife, we were just back from Iraq, and she's like, ah, babe, you need to decompress. You're wound pretty tight. So loaded up my Jeep, some guns, my dog. So I drove across the U.S. and went and met some friends. All, they're all former Delta operators. Not right in the head at all. Good guys to hang out with. They're like, come on up here. We'll shoot stuff and go up in the mountains and get lost. And you know what? I stopped by. It was just a Starbucks to get a coffee. This guy saw my dog. And he, he walks up to me. Average Amer American. He's an American guy. He goes, man, nice dog. I said, yeah, we were just in Iraq. And he goes, man, what a mess. He goes, and we should just bomb them all, get rid of it, start over, just bomb all of them. And I looked down and I went, knowing that's how I used to felt, I went, yeah, yeah, I used to think like that. But you know what happened? I held one of their children. Then you really can't think like that anymore. He was stunned, you know. I said, you want to know more? We spent 30 minutes, and that man sincerely opened his up his heart because he's a Christian, and you know, and he's just like, I never knew. I said, I didn't either, but God loves them people, man. He loves them. So, let me show you a little video, short one, 
But I'll show you one of our missions we did. To date, we've completed over, I think it's over 70 high-risk missions. And don't ask me how we got into this. I don't know. Just the Lord says, follow me. And if you follow him, he'll take care of the rest. Let's roll it. Hey, Victor Marks here. First, let me show you where we are. We are deep in Mosul. You can see the destruction. Um, this area has just been liberated from ISIS, and we're doing a movement. There's fighting behind us, but uh, we went in deep. And for this mission, we got a call from General Mustafa, contact me. He said, there's an orphan baby boy that needs help. His parents were uh, murdered, uh, just shot down by ISIS as they were trying to escape. So we prayed and we've asked y'all to pray. We couldn't give all the details, but here's the result of your prayers. This little boy's name is now Ali, Ali. And uh, named after a soldier who was trying to rescue him and was killed with the parents. So thank you, here we are. Got diapers, powdered milk, lion and lamb, and an armored vehicle with AKs and grenades, who would have ever thunk it? Thanks for praying. ReachChildren.com. Victor Marks here. God bless you. So that's part of our ministry. When we say we reach children, we do. The need is so great that, you know, we only found two orphanages in of all of Iraq, one in Baghdad, one in Kristen. So as the Lord would lead us, we just were starting an orphanage. And uh, God's really given us favor. Can you imagine that? Starting an orphanage? People are like, what do you know about it? I go, nothing. <laughs> but I know people who do. And we got praying people. So that's, that's pretty cool. So a couple of things. I'll run through some pictures real quick. Do you want to see some pictures? I got to run through them quick because I only have like nine minutes. That's what the clock says. Can we show them photos? This is, uh, this is actually when we bring food or milk or whatever in, this is actually a street. It would be like a street in your neighborhood. Uh, the destruction is beyond what people could think. And we were handing out lion and lambs right there, that sweet little girl. But uh, the destruction is beyond belief. This little child was rescued. It was shown on all the major networks for over a week by a friend of mine, Dave Eubank, and you can see uh, the hardship in her eyes. She had hid underneath her mom's dress. They were trying to run away because you would have to go from the good si bad side to the good side, and ISIS was shooting everybody who was running. And uh, that little girl was in such shock. You could barely, I mean, barely, she wouldn't even talk. When you touch her, she didn't want to be touched. Because um, you imagine hiding under your mom's dress for three days when her mother was dead. So we prayed, and uh, man, we, we took her into our home. We have a residence in Iraq. That's kind of fun. We, we, we took her, and it's expensive. You'd think it'd be cheap. <laughs> After a week with us, that was her. It defies every bit of logic and every sense of counseling and therapy. And people said, how in the world did y'all bring her back? I said, well, one prayer, two love. 
And the thing that actually made her snap out of it, which was unbelievable, is my two children who went with us to Iraq were blowing bubbles. And when the little girl saw the bubbles, she smiled, and then she started talking and laughing. And I was like, hey, we need more bubbles. <laughs> we, bubble therapy, huh? You got to spend millions on it. <laughs> like a buck fifty. All right. This little boy was kidnapped. His uh, father and brothers believed to be dead. His mom was kidnapped too. She was able to escape. He didn't. Three years he was with ISIS. And he was actually holding guns, carrying ammo, all of that. So when people say, you got to kill all the ISIS people. I go, really? You want to put it on his head? It was unbelievable the day he was recovered. He had shrapnel go through his back and into his stomach. Next one. He was at the collection point. That's him there. Cleaned him up. And they were, you know, we didn't know if he was going to live. Can you imagine your kid at 10 years old or whatever being kidnapped and then forced to do stuff? Goodness of God, we're able to recover him and put him with family, living relatives, which is what we always try to do. And ultimately... Through good medical care, a lot of prayer, a couple of our team guys, uh, there he is now. And he was able to be placed with his mother, the one who escaped. She was in Canada, and then they reunited her. Really big deal, high-profile case. That's the kid he's supposed to be. <laughs> this is Mosul. This is the areas that we were working out, coming in and out of. It's, it's apocalyptic. There's, there's no other way. And that's one of the girls that we help recover. And, um, yeah, she's sweet and dear to our heart. Next. You, you all, the eyes are the gateway to the soul. She was found under concrete rubble. Her family was all dead. Parents. And there she is. Uh, she had lice in her hair. She was, because they'd been living under ISIS control for so long. It's horrible. Next. There's uh, another little boy. I'll tell you about him in a second. Now, there's the same little girl. We called her Boo because she didn't have a name. When you get an orphan from war, you, there's no name, there's no record or anything. And my daughter, we had cleaned her up and put ponytails on her like that. And guess what? She, she was like, we named her Boo after. Remember Monsters, Inc., that movie? She walked around our house. Uh, just barely walked. And then when she sees Scout, she'd be like, ah, da, da, da. you know, this dog who's been face-to-face with ISIS. And she's like, ah, da, da, da. and um, here's what's so cool. Through our group, we, have, we, we absolutely, you have to have intelligence and connections there to do what you do, one for security, and one to find people, we found out she had a sister. And that little girl right there was her living relative. We went back into Mosul, recovered her, brought her out, and the little baby was sleeping, and we put her sister next to her at night. She woke up to her sister being next to her. That was really good. That was really good. And she was able to change the diapers from that point on. 
All right, there's Super Scout. That's, uh, uh, we were blessed by a group called Baden Canine out of Canada. You figure those Canadians. Uh, they, the tier one group of training canine for work. So they donated her to us. And this dog right there had performed the demo at President Trump's estate, Navy Seal Museum. And she's only 17 months. Yeah. So she's multi-purpose. I'll just tell you now. For me as a veteran, she's good for me. Uh, but two, she's able to secure an area quickly for bad people. And then she's therapy for these children, which is unbelievable. And she's $35,000. Isn't that great? I love donations like that. <laughs> Next. I just had to show this picture. I said, people in America won't even believe it. That's one. That's a baby stroller with my body armor wrapped around it. I got diapers, a lion and lamb. I got an AK in the back there. Oh, they got, got some grenades, man. I'm holding little baby Ali. <laughs> Sweet baby. He, he still gets us. Um, his parents were trying to run from the bad side to the good. And they were, ISIS shot him down. And the baby fell. And then a soldier tried to rescue the baby, and he was killed too. And um, so when we recovered him, you know, the saddest thing about that and all the glorious of it all, he would cry because he has a tummy ache. He would cry because he's hungry, right? He's a baby. There'd be times when he would wail because he wanted his mom and dad. And man, it was a soul well. And he would arch his head back and he would just, uh, it, th- that's got next to me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to kid you. <laughs> but he recovered and there's my, there's my Iraqi wife. <laughs> that, that's, that's why I decided to start calling her. Beautiful. And uh, we, we go to camps. We go to camps where children and families are. And we've even been able to reach over 21,000 kids now because of people like y'all and prayers. The impact and the outcome is so good. There were over, I think it was 16 television stations in Iraq that came and interviewed us and, and put it all over, not only just Iraq, but the Middle East. Because they're going... These American Christians are coming here, risking their life to help our children. There were reporters crying. The power of God. And, uh, okay, next. Uh All right, there you go. How's that for sweetness? They have a special bond. Next. (laughs) Talking, laughing, singing. Probably the hardest part of... uh, uh, my dog's job on that mission wasn't ISIS. It was this. I said, change it. Ah, oh, oh. I know. I, I know. Super Scout looked at me and was like, "Canine nose? Could you not smell this? Are you kidding me?" <laughs> Next, this was a it was a sad night, but 
there was an ISIS fighter who actually ended up being a commander in Mosul. It's funny. I was there on the day of liberation. It wasn't all liberated. Can I tell you all that much? I was in the dark part. And their scout uh, helping <laughs> create order. And uh, this fellow, I'll just tell you real quickly. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I was in the Marine Corps. I got a background. And, and I'll tell you, there are monsters that should be put down. But yet, God loves the world. God loves every person. He says it. He loves the world. And in verse 17, he said, he didn't come to condemn the world. Let me make sure. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And do you know, in my own nature, and in the situation we were in, and what I know, people like him have done the kids I've helped. Uh, I'll just put it this way. The Marine could have come out real easy. And, um, and yet, I felt the Spirit of God talk to him, try to reach his heart and his mind. I spent an hour with him. It's unbelievable. Had a wife, four children. His brother joined ISIS. He did all this. And then I said, man, do you know what's going to happen to you when you die? Because it's looking that way. And he goes, inshallah, only God knows God's will. I said, well, I know. And I told him about Christ Jesus and the cross. And I said, do you mind if I pray for your family? He goes, please pray. And then I got to him. I said, do you want to know that you can have the hope of eternity because of Christ? Do you want me to pray with you? He said, yes, I'll pray. I couldn't believe it. I'm praying with an ISIS commander to receive Christ. And I lead him through the sinner's prayer right to the end where I say, in Jesus' name, it all changed. And he stopped and he looked up at me. And I can tell you with complete assurance, his face torqued. Something evil came on that man because he rejected Christ at that moment. And when it, the best way I can say it, he looked like a little troll that had come out of a, underneath a bridge. It was evil. And he looked at me like, I will kill you, which made my dog go, no, you won't. <laughs> and my head of security was right there sitting in Iraqi. And, uh, and then he goes, wait, because we kept talking. And all of a sudden he said, wait. Iraqi soldiers ran over. He had undid his hand ties right after he had rejected praying in Christ's name. When everything changed, and we ended up finding out he was a specialist at escaping. Hmm. And he would have tried to jump on me, which would have been bad. It would, he would have probably got his feelings hurt. <laughs> As my head of security who's sitting there, I am not kidding you. Uh, I love him. He's like this. Once the girl's all bound up and, you know, it was all done, he goes, I was going to shoot him in the head, but I wait because, <laughs> hey, it was just like this. He goes, I, I was going to shoot him in the head, but I wait for you to finish the kind words. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I mean, it was literally like I, I was about to spend the 37 cents for the round to, you know, make him no more. But you make the kind words for him. I, I wait. I said, man, 
<laughs> you folks don't waste a lot of energy killing people. <laughs> oh, not, no, no, not too much. <laughs> I looked at the man. The last thing I said to that fellow was, hey, you ever met an American? He goes, no. I said, you ever met a Christian? He's like, no. I said, then why do you want to kill us? I said, I can tell you. I know God loves you. And I don't even hate you. Would I stop him from hurting people? Yeah. Because that's that's called righteousness and justice. People sometimes, please don't ask me afterwards, why do y'all carry guns and grenades? Because I'm going to say is, why do you lock your door at night? I told him, I said, sir, I think God sent me here specifically for you, for you to hear the gospel. And I said, when you know you're about to die, which I think the clock was ticking, I said, I hope you call out to Jesus and he'll save you for eternity. And although that sounds kind of harsh to some, Jesus did it on the cross, didn't he? Wasn't there a man next to him? And Jesus said this very day, I don't deserve God's grace and mercy. I don't. I've broken every one of the Ten Commandments. I can tell y'all personally. I needed a Savior. According to the Bible, if you just break one, you need a Savior. Three things I carry around always help me remember. A headband that ISIS used. Remember they used this to do bad things to people and post it. Well, they don't need that anymore. He won't. Um, shrapnel. ISIS. I've been shot at, mortared. And the worst part for me, we've had V-beds. We've been involved in, in the thick of everything. It was a little, what do you call them things? Little drones. The one they control with a camera and they're looking at you. Mm-hmm. They had attached a mortar to it. And they were dropping them on me and my friend. Because where we were, that sector, we were the only two Americans embedded with Iraqi army and the Hatsashavi helping kids and all that and women who had been held captive. So after one of them went off, a friend took some shrapnel in his helmet. I went and picked up a piece of it. And I said, man, that could have killed me good. And uh, I said, I'm going to bring that back so people can touch it. If you've never held a piece of shrapnel, and then this. This was in a mass grave. A little piece of cloth that was used to bound a child's hands together behind their back before an ISIS fighter would make them no more. And that reminds me of the kids that I haven't helped. And, you know, when you do this type of work, there's both great joy and sorrow. And don't try to talk me out of either one of them. Because without it, without the love of God, I'd become a hard man. But and without the reality of what evil does, and believe me, ISIS isn't the ultimate evil. Satan is. Don't ever take your eyes off that. That's why I started with the state of our country. Man, the battles between good and evil. And you and I have the privilege of being asked to fight on the side of good, to see captives set free. And you don't have to be in Iraq. 
You don't have to be try to kill by ISIS. You don't have to witness. <laughs> Next time you're worried about witnessing to somebody or just remember me and that ISIS guy. Go, okay, I guess I can say Jesus loves you to a bank teller through a drive-thru. <laughs> Start somewhere now. <laughs> but the great news is that Jesus, Jesus came to save this world. You've been listening to The Road. We hope you have been blessed by today's message. To connect with us further, visit theroad.org. If you are walking through a difficult time, we want to pray for you. Go to theroad.org, click on the Ministries tab, and go to our prayer page to send us your prayer request. Thank you for tuning in today, and be sure to listen to the next edition of The Road. The Road.